All right, we're back with systemically distorted communication. Today I've got my <clears throat> brother on here, the man, the myth, the loser, Billy. How'd you have to ruin it? <laughs> Sorry. It was, it was going so good. Sorry, it was going to be cool, but I can't give you the same title that I gave Couture when he gave me the birthday call out. So, yeah, well, you don't deserve that. I'm kind of pretty similar but, to him, but okay. Your wrestling ability is pretty similar. I just we have that's near a, same accomplishments. That's a big insult to Randy. <laughs> uh, before we get into this, if you don't like fight talk and you have no interest in MMA, go ahead and switch it off now. I appreciate that you already gave me the download. I appreciate you're here. Appreciate the view, but you don't need to listen to it if you hate fighting. But if you like it, you're into MMA, give it a chance. Got some real stupid stuff that my brother's probably about to say. You're going to want to hear it so that you can send him private messages and tell him how dumb he is. All right. Billy, how's it going, little guy? So, <laughs> not really sure how to address anything that you just said. Um, I mean, you can come back a little more polite, uh, and probably your podcast would work a little bit better. I'm assuming that this isn't how you treat every guest. But uh, every episode, I start off with a barrage of insults. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm sure you're going to have a lot of people lining up to come on. It's going to be great. Are you saying that insulting doesn't interest people on coming on a podcast that they don't know? Well, I think I think you two would a more subtle approach, but. I mean, who knows? I don't think anybody's really taken that approach. So maybe, you know, maybe you're a groundbreaker. I think I might be. I think you might be too. I mean, Spotify did send me an email the other day and they're like, hey, we're kind of like over Rogan. We want you. Yeah. You're the, you're the two Some of my recent episodes and they're like, you've got a new take and Rogan's not making the cut. And I told them no, just because I, I didn't think it was fair. Like they made a deal, they made an agreement with Rogan. Keep the deal, right? Yeah. And you're a fan and a friend, so you know, don't stab the guy in the back. Don't bury him. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I figured you'd agree. Yeah, yeah. Let's just keep it simple. All right. So let's get into it. Apparently, you have a stance on something about something. Let's hear it. Well, I. I do have some ideas about some things. <laughs> <laughs> and I, uh, I formulated kind of some ideas from those things that I think about. Um, so that's why I'm really glad you brought me on so that I could share the things I'm thinking that I've formulated throughout the last few weeks. All right. So a few weeks ago, you just started thinking about something. Yeah. And that stuff made you think yes. more. And then you thought, I have something. Exactly. exactly. You're spot right. on, dude. Spot right. on. Cool. No. So, yeah. I, uh, I started thinking it was during the Conor McGregor-Dustin Poirier fight with the calf kicks. Mm -hmm. And um, calf kicks had been happening. So... What do you think? It's been maybe, I don't even know if it's been two years, but they've become prevalent. It will say at least in the last year where more guys are starting to throw that calf kick. Mm -hmm. Well, I know that you don't watch Bellator because of the name, 
but I don't. I think it was probably two years ago or so, maybe more. I'm not. I'm not sure when Brent Primus um, beat Michael Chandler because he did the calf kick and Chandler's leg went wobbly mode. He couldn't put any weight on it, and his ankle just kept rolling. And then they they end up stopping the fight on that. And that was the first one that I I think that was the first one I can I can think of when I actually saw the calf kick just stop the fight in that moment. I mean, unless you're going back to you know, Anderson throwing kicks and getting checked, which wasn't really a, you know, a calf kick, but. Yeah, no, it's been prevalent in my mind just recently where guys are starting to use it. And so I was thinking that maybe I'm biased when I was having my thoughts about the calf kick. And then the last fight night I watched, the commentators were talking about it and you know, they're working for a company, so they can't exactly say exactly what they're thinking, but they were talking about how devastating it is. And I can't remember if it was Michael Bisping or um, Paul Felder said, uh, yeah, this could become the ultimate calf kicking championship. (laughs) And then I, when they said that, I was like, wait a minute, maybe I'm not crazy in my stance on the calf kick. Mm Mm-hmm. So um, where I was really feeling like uh, the calf kick could eventually, I don't think it's an issue now, but I'm, I'm like uh, thinking because of the fights I've seen in the future, what if that is such a devastating tool that now it will 100% change um, the stand-up game? So and it does become the calf kicking championship. So I realized it when I was watching Pedro Munoz versus Jimmy Rivera, which it was a really good fight, but Jimmy Rivera was compromised. I think he started doing it in the first round, but I think Jimmy Rivera started not being able to post on that leg correctly mm-hmm. in round two. And I was like, okay, so what if, that ends up being so devastating that now rangy fighters, um, lanky fighters, they can land that calf kick. They can start doing it in the first round. Any fighter that has the wide in and out stance, the good strikers that use more of hands, uh, now become completely ineffective because that front leg being so far out, it's so easy to throw so you have to commit more and come in for like a thigh kick and you're bringing your leg up farther but to whip that out on the calf what if that just becomes a thing Mm -hmm. and then a, a lot of good scraps that you would have seen will now be you know two rounds of a guy on a compromise compromised leg that can't can't post can't throw hard mm-hmm um, but doesn't that open the door to then, okay, so if one thing becomes more dominant, so let's say these calf kicks become more dominant because you've got a uh, lee leg that's extended farther than maybe it should be, you know, like in, in boxing or just pure stand up, they're not having their leg extended as far as in martial arts so, uh, or in MMA. So wouldn't that open the door to stance changes? And then from those stance Sorry. Then from those stance changes, 
um, one, if they're going to do those kicks, they're going to have to get closer. So then that also opens the door to wrestling as well. So those people that are, their legs are getting taken advantage of, they change their stance, they go into a more narrow stance, which isn't great for wrestling, but then you have people that have to get closer to them in order to do those kicks, or they have to abandon the kicks, which then opens up to more wrestling. What do you think about that? Yes. So I actually don't have a stance on the calf kicks yet. Like I said, it's still early days. And what you're talking about is the evolution of mixed martial arts. It's happened, you know, a hundred times with different techniques that somebody comes in and does something that other people haven't done. And then people adapt to it. And then the same as the NFL, you get a running quarterback and then in two years they figure him out. And now he's on the bench. Mm -hmm. Um, like who, so, like who might, who, who might, who might, what, hmm. I don't know. I don't watch foosball, but, uh, <laughs> okay, we'll just move on then. I was trying to <laughs> take this into a political world, but yeah, <laughs> let's keep going. Yeah, I know. I was avoiding it. Oh, um, <clears throat> so devil's advocate, because I, I'm not like saying make calf kits illegal right now, but I'm saying what if they were, cause so everything I've listened to, even trying to check a calf kick, mm -hmm. it still does damage because mm -hmm. the, the way the foot wraps around and hits the calf. Mm -hmm. And they were talking about it on the last fight night because that area is so small, there's nowhere for the swelling to go. And I think one of them even called it um, um, compartmental syndrome. So they actually have to if you take too much damage to your calf area because there's nowhere for the swelling to go, they have to cut it to relieve the pressure. Mm -hmm. So if it ends up something that you can't check and there's not a defense for, so this is just in my little fantasy world, say that um, more and more fights start ending with the calf kick over and over. And pretty soon, um, fighting becomes pretty like, I don't, I don't know how to describe it, but if that was stopping fights or making a person not be able to strike at all after one round, you know, you take only five of them and now you can't plant on your foot anymore. Mm -hmm. Would the UFC ever go? Because you got to think as a purist, everything should go right. Mm -hmm. But the UFC is also entertainment. They're selling pay-per-views. Do you want to see fights being stopped by a guy getting kicked in his calf? Or do you want to see what we, what everybody wants to see, which is knockouts, um, you know? So I just started thinking about it. Like if that is as devastating as it seems to be and guys are starting to use it, what if it starts making the sport less entertaining? Well, what do you think would happen first? The UFC, like it getting so bad and fights repeatedly being stopped over and over and over or fighters catching on to, uh, this is a devastating situation. I need to learn it. And so I'm going to change my fighting style to overcome this thing. To, to me, it seems like the obvious answer is before the UFC ever had to take or, or any MMA organization had to take action that the fighters would adjust. They will. But since, since I have a little feeble, goldfish brain and i'm not a fighter i don't know exactly what um 
the adjustment can be because regardless of the stance, um, that that calf kick to me is kind of like a jab. Like it's the it's a high percentage land yeah. with a, a pretty low risk. Yeah. So I'm not sure. I mean, we'll find out in time what the defense to that is. As far as the UFC changing the rules, uh, if we're going to go by the UFC changing things to improve, uh, that'll probably be a, long, be a long ways off because we've been having eye pokes with crappy gloves for uh, since the beginning, and there's yeah. there's better gloves out there, but they don't change. Yeah. So, well, yeah, I, I think another thing, like if we were to say, <clears throat> okay, let's take that weapon away. It also, to me, it's a little bit unfair for the shorter guys with not as much of a reach. So, for example, if I'm, I've got a friend at the gym and he's much, much taller than me, or you watched a brief video of him jabbing my face off for a while. I did. Yeah. I did. Much, much taller than me. Mm -hmm. The only thing that if I, that I can actually land on him really without getting at least hit several times trying to get in is, you know, a kick from the outside. So maybe I can just, do a low kick and, and whether it's effective or not in training, it's not because we're wearing pads and, and whatnot. So, but when you put a situation like that with that tall lanky guy, and then you have a shorter guy who struggles to get on the inside because of someone's length, one of their only weapons is that low kick. And so if you avoid that and then now the other person doesn't have to worry about it, they can have, their open stance and that they can use their range in a way that they can't use it, uh, that they can't use it if, if, if they're able to take those shots, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so, but we have, we have rules now of things that you can't do. And just the same way that, you're saying fighters would adapt to the calf kicks. Um, fighters could adapt to a rule change also. Like, what did you think about um, Alexander Volkov versus Max Holloway? Now, I, he wasn't throwing calf kicks, I don't think. I think they were up in the thigh. Mm -hmm. But I think the kicks is what, are, what won him the fight. But let's... No, the, the kicks point-wise, I think, is what won in the fight, especially yeah. their, their yeah. first fight. Yeah, but let's, let's okay, let's say, sudden, I don't know how many of those landed on the calf. I'm sure some of them did, I, but, you know. Let's, what I'm saying, if I was Alexander Volkov's coach, if they had a Max Holloway, um, Volkanovsky number three, which I think they need to have because there's both fights were so close, I don't really, it's almost hard to consider him the champion because Max was so dominant for so long and, um all right no. you disagree those fights were not super close they were close but i scored i i had vulcan winning both of them okay well either way if i was his coach i know, every, I know everybody that i've talked to says they're so close and i know online people are saying that max won one of them or whatever um i've heard most people think that max won the second one I heard that as well, and I'm, I, I guess I'd have to watch it again, but I, I just remember thinking before the decision, I was 
in my opinion, I thought he, he had won. So my point is that third fight could be amazing. But if I was Alexander Volkov's coach, I would say bring that leg down and just land on the calf. And because uh, now that it's, we're seeing how devastating it is and the technique that Volkov uses and the way he moves, he could do that all day. And we're kind of not going to see a fight. We're going to see somebody get their leg compromised within the first round. And then it's going to be a compromised fighter from, and Max is tough. So he'll probably do the same thing that Jimmy Rivera did make it through the fight. But, uh, I just think the fights would be way more entertaining if that, that tool wasn't used. Mm. Yeah, I suppose in some ways it would be, but it also takes away from the other people. Um, if uh, if I mean I I I struggled to find the difference between you know when when Uriah got his legs lit up by uh, Aldo Aldo you know those weren't calf kicks I'm sure some of them were but who's to say oh well you know if if he hadn't been immobilized by those kicks it would have been a great fight but instead he he can't walk because his legs got lit up and he could barely stand yeah the difference in the two though is it takes quite a bit more um kicks to the thigh the inner thigh to make your leg not work and i'm only going i've never been calf kicked but everything i've heard about it is it only takes a couple and then that nerve because of the swelling in that calf like your foot quits working like, and it happens way faster than, you know, because of the mass of the calf compared to the thigh, um, it happens way sooner. So I guess I'm going back to, uh, in, in your opinion, what would be the argument against someone saying, okay, well, they're going to alter their stance. They're going to be heavy on their back leg. They're not going to put so much weight on their f- front leg. They're not going to have such a wide stance. What? I don't have an argument against it. I think that that's, that's what will happen. I'm playing uh, make-believe that what if we couldn't find a good defense to it and it kept happening and championship fights were ended from calf kicks, what would that do to pay-per-view buys? What would that do to fan interest? Because nobody, you're not going to go to work the next day and be like, dude, I saw the sickest thing, you know, so-and-so kicked so-and-so in the calf and he, Man, he couldn't take it anymore. Fight was over. I feel like that That's, happened with Connor. <laughs> what's that? I feel like that just happened with the Connor fight. <laughs> well, calf kicks. It was sick. He couldn't. <laughs> well, I, I, you know, fighter to fighter uh, is going to be different. So I think there's going to be guys that will break because of it. And then there's going to be guys that won't break and then they get punched in the face and knocked out. So you're still going to have the knockouts. Are you implying that Connor quit? No, I was actually complimenting him because oh. he didn't, he didn't fall on the ground or pull guard or anything. He was still, he tried to go out on the shield and he got knocked out because of it. Are you saying that only weak men pull guard? Well, I don't pull guard. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying no. to make a problem, you know? <laughs> yeah. I want a headline. Yeah. 
but not many people pull guard in the UFC. Frank Mir used to pull guard, but I can't think of a lot of people that actually try to pull guard. I think, uh, like, um, uh, what's his name? Um, he's really crazy. I don't like him. Uh, Eddie Bravo student. El Kakui. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He tried, like, what's it called? The uh, arm. I can't remember the, what the role is called. Where you roll in and try to catch a lake. Um, Arama. Orgamami roll. Aramari. Harchim Margan roll. Funny Ar- thing about him that everybody forgets about, unless Ar- I'm thinking. Roll. No. Arkadurkol? No. Ar- I think it's Aramara. I, I can't remember. I don't know. Aramari. Arimari. Aramari roll? <laughs> <laughs> Let's not spend a lot of time on it. <laughs> The rolly thing. <laughs> uh, quick thing about him, since we uh, since I brought him up, mm-hmm. wasn't he one of the guys coming off the Ultimate Fighter when he went to do a touch gloves, and then just swung instead, and everybody's kind of forgot about it. Um, I, I think it was him, and that's why I hated him from that fight on, and always rooted against him. I do have a slight memory of something like that so long ago, but I can't remember if it was actually him. I've completely forgotten about that, but I do remember someone doing that. If you hadn't given me such short notice, maybe I could have Googled it. You've had weeks. I've been working. Oh, okay. All right. Um, Well. So I hope you get my position. My position isn't to like, we should get rid of calf kicks. Or, or anything like that. My position is um, I'm just kind of thinking about in the future, what if mm-hmm. there wasn't a good defense to him and great fights that we want to see kept getting ended from a calf kick. That's just not super exciting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not. I, I, yeah, I understand that. It's, just that taking them out seems so wrong it's like if we want all aspects of fighting to the best of our ability without biting and ripping people's eyes out and stuff yeah but think think of what gsp could have done if headbutts were allowed you you can't get out from under him and he could headbutt your face while he's mounting you uh but it's not allowed i don't feel like headbutts are the same but i don't know why headbutts are more exciting <laughs> they are <laughs> more exciting uh i don't know why is a headbutt not allowed i don't like this example because well, because a headbutt's not allowed because of how it's perceived what it looks like when a sport was trying to be made they didn't they went the brutal route and then they tried to rein it back thinking yeah. illogical like like a modern reason but i guess you don't really need one if it's just been around forever same way with like a that 12 to 6 elbow it's like no logical reason why yeah so how is a 12 to 6 elbow different than me getting you in a, a clinch and driving my knee through your face 
like you saw with what Michael Venom Page, I think, did to Cyborg, where he crushed his <laughs> forehead in. Like he cracked an egg, just like. Yeah. Mm. So, so that's legal. Twelve to six isn't legal. Headbutt isn't legal. So I'm saying, well, bring in twelve to six and get rid of calf kicks because twelve to six will be a lot more entertaining than calf kicks will. I get it but I've got a problem with it. I, I, just, I, I think people need to adapt. I mean, the, you know, there was a time where wrestling was extremely dominant. It's still pretty dominant. Like a lot of champions have a wrestling background, but like they've done things. Like, I guess if you're just holding someone down and not being active. Well, yeah. Back in the dark ages. Stand them up, but um, not even dark ages, you know, like, Ben Askren managed to make it his whole career through several organizations and then into the UFC, still winning fights with just pure wrestling, having zero boxing, which or stand up, which now he's going to go do a stand up against a YouTube star and embarrass everybody potentially. But yeah, this is this probably isn't true, but I feel like with almost no stand up. Uh, training, mine's probably close to Ben Askren's. Probably not now that he's training for a boxing match, but through his MMA career, he literally put nothing into that because he knew I just got to get an ankle, I got to get a leg, and then it's over. Yeah, it just makes it, it makes me feel like if something becomes dominant, people get really good at something. You, you know, people before were saying, ah, uh, well, let's make rules against, you know, when the counter fighting there was like a short time where counterfighting became very, very, it's like very popular. And people, some people will say, Oh, it's always been popular, but to the extent where they're backing up all the time, anytime mm. there's engagement, they just, they're basically backing away from it and then doing counters. And it became like that Le- Leota Machida era where it's just like, jump back, jump back, jump in one strike, jump out, jump out. And it's like, Oh, I don't want to watch running. I want to watch fighting. And people start saying, Oh, we should start deducting points for, moving away so if they had done that it would have completely changed the sport but over time people developed an ability to figure out how to deal with that and then he ends up you know getting beat several times yeah i think it'd be similar to that and yeah it sucked during that period where people couldn't figure him out because the fights kind of were boring until they weren't like it's boring 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 and then suddenly it strikes great three rounds of boring and then he finally lands that shot that he's been trying to do and then it's an exciting finish but you spent three rounds kind of like eating popcorn going all right well so i agree with you i'm i'm i want to be optimistic that that the great minds in mma the best coaches and all that will figure out something that oh you want to do the calf kick well now this is going to happen and you're going to pay for it. Yeah. But like I said, my feeble goldfish mind that doesn't fight can't really think of how you stop somebody from flicking. It's like trying to stop a jab, but now it's a jab with more reach. That's super devastating and completely debilitates your leg. So I, I, I don't know how well, you stop it. I think that they would bring it. So I've been talking to, uh, some friends of mine and uh, Toby, the guy that I do the other stuff with and train with, he's a kickboxer and he does several other things, but we were talking about Muay Thai and how calf kicks have never been a dominant thing in Muay Thai. 
and that stand up with intense kicking. And we were both kind of wondering why, why calf kicks wouldn't be a dominant force there. And fortunately, I can't remember the exact, he, he messaged a buddy of his, I can't remember the exact reason that he gave, but I think part of it was that the stance is completely different and they have more weight on their back leg. And so it's, you're not really chopping them down when you go for that front leg because they don't have the weight on it in the same way. So it doesn't impact in the same way. So there's things that you can do to change your stance, which then open the door to other things, but it's, it's an adjustment that has to be made constantly when, and I think that's the great thing about mixed martial arts is that you have to take everything into account. And when you don't, you do pay the consequences. You know, if a boxer comes and does MMA, he's going to get taken down and beaten. If a wrestler comes in, you know, like Askren, he might make it a little while, but eventually he's going to get beat up. Um, so each one of these different phases, if you neglect it, that will be the thing that will end up being your demise. And though calf kicks is like the current thing that people are struggling with. I think there's adjustments to be made. Maybe, maybe everyone needs to switch their stance. You know, maybe if you're going against someone that is throwing those, those calf kicks repeatedly, you need to train throughout your camp to know, okay, I need to be completely comfortable on my other side. And so whatever stance that guy goes and I need to go into the opposite stance to avoid that, that kick yeah. being available. So I yeah. think it, there's a lot of different variations that can be opened up and, and maybe changing the stance will then draw the person in, you know, to try to hit those kicks and it, and it leads them in closer, which sets up an easier takedown. So um, I think there's a lot of avenues that canceling it prematurely or would do more harm than good for the sport because then yeah. the more we cancel, the less of a realistic fight it becomes. I'll reiterate, I am not an advocate of it being illegal right now. I'm playing, I'm, I'm playing a little game here because I was thinking about it and then what validated my thoughts were the commentators making jokes about it. And I was like, oh, I'm not the only person thinking this, that like the calf kicks are effective, but they're kind of a bummer to watch. Like, yeah, it's almost like the calf kick kind of feels to me the same as the like, but the calf kicks actually effective and devastating. But I have the same feeling when I watch it is when I watch the foot stomp or like the John Jones kick the thigh forward and hyperextend the guy's knee. Yeah. Like, yeah, you can win the fight by hyperextending his knee, but it's like, come on, man. Like, uh, it just doesn't feel the same as like a guy um, going in there and beating somebody. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe that's just me, but I, I'm optimistic like you are. I think people will adapt and change. And I think that um, they'll, there'll be some counter to it. To me, the most effective counter that I've seen so far was because that kicks so low that if you time it and just lift your leg, because you don't have to lift your leg super high for mm-hmm. them to whiff on that calf kick. It's not like the thigh. Um, so when Jimmy Rivera, he did it a few times, he was able to lift his leg all the way up out of the way. And um, what's his name? Uh, the Brazilian, uh, Pedro Munoz just whipped on those kicks. Mm-hmm. So I think my whole premise is probably just paranoia and it will do what you're saying. 
fighters will change and adapt or learn to time the counters off of the like counters off of it or lift the leg. But I'm just saying, imagine my world where it's so devastating that regardless of your stance, we have tons of fights ending from a calf kick. Mm -hmm. I can imagine that world in the same way that I can imagine Arnold Schwarzenegger in a sci-fi movie on Mars. (laughs) (laughs) Because... Because though I get it, it's like, okay, well, what if we get to this point? And it's like, yeah. and that'd be a problem. But I just don't think there's any way for us to get to that point because every single fight they're going to adjust. And I, I just don't think it's realistic that we would get to a point where that. To me, it, it just, yeah, it's it's my own bias. It bugs me because I, I hate seeing fights like. Like a fighter can be, it's kind of silly that I think that way because a fighter can be compromised from any sort of strike. You know, you can, you can take a knee to the eye and now you can't see out of that eye or, you know, a, just a jab to the eye. And now you're a fighter with one eye. Well, you're compromised mm-hmm. the same way you're compromised with a calf kick. It's just, it's my own bias because a calf kick is just like, I feel like you don't have to put a lot into it to land it. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it can change the entire momentum of a fight from something that's relatively easy to do. Well, when Anderson Silva got his leg broken, I remember some talk for a while saying that that check should be illegal. Do you remember that? The way that he checked it? They say, oh, he checked it in a way that he purposely knew it could break his leg. And there was some hubbub online about why it should be illegal and, and whatnot. And it kind of like slowly disappeared. But do you remember that? I don't remember hearing people saying it should be illegal. Uh, here I am talking about calf kicks being lame and thinking that uh, checking somebody's leg kick. I mean, I don't understand how that was should ever be illegal. Like you're trying to kick my thigh and I bring my knee up and snap your. Saying <laughs> <laughs> I remember reading about it and I was just kind of scratching but- my head. Like how else should they block the kick? Uh, you just have to take it. <laughs> yeah. But that, 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 in my deal of the UFC being entertainment, um, it was pretty, I mean, sorry, Anderson, but it was pretty exciting seeing the guy's leg fold in half. And well, th- I, could only, I could only watch it once, but. Hold on. Uh, I just baited you and you took the bait. And you are now excited and happy about this leg so, being broken because the guy that you wanted won. So let me, now that. No. No, 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 no. You didn't admitted this. <laughs> no, you didn't. You didn't bait anything. I because there's a difference between no, like a le- guy's leg folding around another guy's leg to a guy getting kicked in his calf enough times that he can't stand on it. Yeah, but what if he just blocked it and his leg swelled up and he was limping around? Would it be less cool? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it would be but it's the same action but then would you have said oh uh, if he hadn't blocked that leg kick like that anderson wouldn't have been immobile and he could have fought better say that again if he blocked if he did that check yeah and anderson just became kind of immobile like rivera was Mm -hmm. then would you be saying oh that fight wasn't as good because that stupid check ruined Anderson's leg. 
Well, I guarantee you 50% of people that are Chris Weidman nut huggers would be happy about it. And 50% of Anderson Silva nut huggers would be like, oh, that was well, so that's late. what I'm getting at. Like if Matt Hughes <laughs> was. Watch what you say. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. You better watch what you say. You took the bait. Now we're going. Well, I'm reeling it in. Okay. If Matt Hughes starts lighting up uh, Frank Trigg with, with calf kicks. <laughs> then it's legal, dude. <laughs> Frank Trigg, he's getting jacked up. He's falling down. He can't walk. I don't think you'd be saying the same thing. And, and Frank Trigg fans would be like, oh, man, stupid. And you'd be like, it's fighting. It's fighting. This is fighting. <laughs> oh, you're right. You're right. So I'm a little bit of a Conor McGregor nut rider. So that was a bummer for me. But that's the reason. And no, in my defense, I have no chips in the game for Jimmy Rivera or Pedro Munoz. I just watched that fight. That was the fight I was looking forward to on the entire card Mm -hmm. because uh, I knew it was going to be a banger because they had fought before. Bang, bro. Let me bang. Uh, I feel like Connor is fresh in your mind and you were kind of maybe like playing with the idea. And then once the commentator said it out loud, you're like, oh, that's confirmation. I can go hard. <laughs> and now <laughs> let them hey, put you, this in your mind and, and you're, you are taking hey, it. We're all humans. We're all flawed. You might be right. Maybe, I'm not, I'm not maybe, flawed. maybe a few weeks ago, my bias started. Um, and like I said, I'm not advocating for getting rid of calf kicks. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to come in here and go in my Dr. Seuss world of, <laughs> <laughs> of what if tons of fights started ending with a calf kick? Because oh. so the Connor Dustin fight was a super high profile fight mm-hmm. and everybody saw how devastating it was. Mm-hmm. And then um, the commentation on uh Jimmy Rivera and Pedro Munoz, where they highlighted how devastating those calf kicks were and how it took away, you know, all, you know, Jimmy Rivera's ability to sit and strike um, effectively. So then fighters all get the idea of, well, I'm going to start throwing that. And then pretty soon you have a card of 10 fights and five of them end with calf kicks. I'd be like, man, this sucks. You might be, unless there were all the guys you liked. Let me ask my next question. If Gaethje had beat Khabib because his calf kick, he was he he actually hurt Khabib with those calf kicks, and Khabib wasn't yeah. in shape, and his leg looked kind of messed up. If he had done a couple more of those, Khabib couldn't stand right, and he was able to end up winning because Khabib didn't have the ability to shoot in the way that he was supposed to. I don't want to answer this question. <laughs> That's why I'm asking it. <laughs> How would you have felt if Gaethje won that fight from his calf kicks? Okay. Let's go a little further, though. No, Gaethje, I want an answer first. <laughs> Gaethje wins the, calf, the fight from calf kicks. With answer Khabib, the question first. And then he goes on to fight a bunch more people, and he keeps winning with calf kicks. He would lose me as a fan. I don't think he would. I because I would celebrate one win doesn't mean I'd go good, and he's jacking people up. Because he's been kicking forever and lighting people's legs up. They can't walk. He's done that through his whole career. Well, uh, not his entire career, but and, – and everybody celebrates. Like, you ha- the, the, the kicks are a serious issue when you fight Gaethje. You have to know how to prepare for them because he will make you completely immobile. 
And this wasn't about calf kicks. It was just kicks in general. And everybody that that was, it was a big thing with him and it Mm -hmm. still is a big thing with him. So I think if he's lighting people up with calf kicks instead of a thigh kick, keep going. A lot of Gagey's kicks come from the inside. Like he, he can throw them on the thigh somehow when he is literally a foot from does it through the clinch even better than on the outside, I think. But so why not- he's doing that, he's vulnerable for counters really bad. If somebody was what? What's that look? So now we need to with the, say, well, with the calf kick more than two you- feet away. If you're more than two feet away, you cannot throw a calf kick. If you're clinching, it's like you're no, fitting no. the to fit the guy that you like. <laughs> no, I'm not saying you can do a calf kick on the inside or the outside. What? What'd you say? What'd you I say? I like your MSNBC and CNN. Oh, <laughs> no, you're one. You're twisting my words because I'm not saying no, depending no. on. No, I'm not saying depending on how far apart you are, the calf kick is okay or not okay. My premise was get rid of it altogether, but you because can- the calf kick when you throw it, you're on the outside and you are not that vulnerable to those counters. You can't catch the leg like you can with a thigh kick. You have to really leap in, you know, with a straight right or something. Or yeah, but you also said that it's a little different when Gage adjusts it because he's like up in close and he's like this far away. He did like because this. well, one, he's not calf kicking when yeah, he does that. He does sometimes. Sometimes, but he's mainly going for the thigh, and he's vulnerable to counters while he's doing that. If Gagey was on the outside, just throwing just to the calf he'd be way less vulnerable. Yeah, but that gets to my my point is you have to make yourself more vulnerable for it to be accepted. So it's, you need to be within a foot or else it's dumb because you're not vulnerable on the outside. That's like telling a tall guy. So if I tell Jacob, hey, when we're sparring, you can't jab me and you can't do a front kick to my stomach because it's not fair. No, no, because everybody would enjoy watching Jacob jab your stupid <laughs> face until you got knocked out. I wouldn't. It's not fair well, for me. <laughs> well, but if you sent me a video of Jacob just kicking your thigh till you couldn't fight anymore, I'd be like, wow, that was pretty lame. But wouldn't you also be like, why do you just keep letting him do that? Why don't you change something so he can stop kicking you? <laughs> so like, what do you change? I thought I was shooting catch the leg and take him down, do something else. And so, you're gonna, so people are going to try to dive for ankles from a calf kick. I would, <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a stand up ability. I'll go for the ankle. I do what Randy Couture did against uh, James, Tony. James, Tony, <laughs> <laughs> like 20 feet away. <laughs> the fact that he couldn't stop that takedown. I've never seen a shot farther. He literally just fell on his butt. <laughs> it's like, it's like uh, Bruce Buffer announced them. The ref said go, and then Randy dove from his corner <laughs> over James Tony's, and somehow still caught the ankle, and he fell down. Yeah. Anyway, I don't know. We'll we'll see how it goes. I, I'm not a fighter. I'm not a doctor. So I'll probably, if more than two people watch this podcast, I'd probably get roasted really hard for <laughs> what I'm saying. I get it. Uh, but I thought it would be fun to talk about. I think it's fun, but I don't think 
I, I can't think of any scenarios where we realistically run into that situation. I, I just, yeah. So I just, and, and I think it, it, it's a big part of it is it depends who's fighting. If Connor had jacked up Poirier with those same exact kicks, I think it'd be like a very different story that you and I were having right now. <laughs> well, I'm a Dustin Poirier fan. I like you, but not as much as Connor. And I know that you're Connor fanboy. So <laughs> I know anything Connor did to win. It just, it's like shoulder shrug. Oh, really? He, he shoulder shrug, messed up cowboy. Really? Shoulder. It's like shoulder shrug was sick. right to the face. Shouldn't be able to do it. Did you hear Poirier talk about the shoulder shrug too? Yeah. Because they got into it up against the cage mm-hmm. and and uh, they were talking back and forth with each other. And Dustin hit Connor with a couple of them. And then Connor's like, oh, really? And he hit him with a couple more. And Dustin even said his were way harder. <laughs> I didn't like it. Yeah, I, remember, I didn't remember exactly what he said. But I remember he made a comment about he didn't like those or that they landed. They, they landed harder. Good. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, just, I don't know, man. I guess I just I'm a sportsman. So like because I know the do mock, <laughs> but I've never gone into the UFC and used it because you're too dangerous. Feel like, where's the entertainment there? Yeah. You know, I mean, that's why I don't fight in the UFC. Yeah. I get paid to stay out. That's why I'm doing this. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think a big part of it is the actually the biggest part of it is. If it's the guy that you like that does it, not just I'm saying you as in everybody. It's same thing for me. When uh, I can't think of an example right now, but you know I'm a big fan of wrestling. Obviously, you are too. But when a guy I'm expecting to win on his feet gets taken down and held down on the ground, like yeah. it pisses me off. Like, why are you wrestling him? Like, why are you leg humping him? Get, uh, it's like annoying. Why are you just holding him down? Stand him up. Stand him up. I'm thinking that in my head, but I know the reason why they're not for the same reason. Yeah. The guy that I like, like Matt Hughes is holding someone down for five rounds that I'm like, yeah, keep him on the ground. You got 20 seconds left. Yeah. I'm super biased too. I'll celebrate 25 minutes of my favorite fighter holding somebody down, not throwing one strike. And then if my favorite fighter is a striker and somebody even reaches for the legs, I'm like, come on, bro, stand up with him. Don't be a puss. <laughs> So yeah. I'm super biased. Yeah. As am I. But so, you know, I also think I'm honest about it. I'm being honest about it. Yeah. A little bit. Well, I didn't know I'd come on here with my make-believe what if the sport went here and you're going to hold it against me like <laughs> I'm saying ban calf kicks right now. You know the name of the podcast? I've said numerous times. <laughs> The distorted communication. I got to set the facts straight, dude. Can't let you run your mouth and push disinformation to the world. I'll get right. in like a second. I already got kicked off Facebook once. Was it your content or you? I'm not really sure. I think I was trying to like push ads that were not suitable or something. <laughs> I'm not really sure. I'm yeah. Sorry. They didn't give me a reason, but yeah, they blocked me from advertising. So... So we'll see. Maybe maybe like uh, a year from now we could do a calf kick follow up and see where where it's gone, like how people have adapted to it. Because you know these great MMA MMA minds might have come up with something that 
nobody even throws the calf kick anymore. And then I can come on, you can make fun of me. Yeah. Or or the UFC embraces the calf kicks and it is called the calf kicking championship. <laughs> or the UFC <laughs> or the UFC is made the championship. I'm Bill Gold or <laughs> I just said Bill Goldberg, whom uh dang it. You're talking about Goldie. Yeah. Why did I forget his first name? Just Mike Goldberg. Mike. Oh. <laughs> Welcome to the Cap Kicking Championship. I'm Mike Goldberg, my partner over here. Yeah. And then it'll probably be like, uh, hmm, who would be his announcing buddy by then? Maybe Paige Van Zandt. <laughs> I'm here with my partner, Paige. <laughs> <laughs> or wait, no, Paige Vander. What's her husband's name? Vander Belt, Van, uh, Austin Vander something. I don't know. I've never, I've never practiced. I've never tried to know his name because I was jealous. And you would, you probably followed her, didn't you? What's that? Probably unfollowed her, didn't you? I might have. I don't know. I'd have to look. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, uh, before we wrap this up, do you have a pick for Adesanya and Blankovic? Ah, that. So. Before yesterday, I would have put quite a bit of money on Adesanya. Why before yesterday? Uh, so, because I was watching videos and it just depends on um, um, Jan. Mm-hmm. Saying that right? Depends on his game plan. What, what kind of concerned me is uh adesanya's weight which i get what adesanya is saying about his weight like why put on muscle like you know he's he's comfortable in the frame he's in and he's the best in the frame he's in yeah but then Jan's gonna be 220 some pounds and so it depends on his game plan if if he's able to make it dirty and i want to say um it kind of reminds me of like like if he had a tactic like Tyson Fury did against Deontay Wilder, where he t- tired him out with his weight, mm-hmm. um, that could be trouble. Because Jan has, I don't think anybody would argue with me that Jan has more power in his punch. Than saying, are you saying that uh, he will tire out Adesanya with his weight? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, yeah. So, so if I was if I was if I was Jan, I wouldn't stand a striker's range with Adesanya because I think he'll be outstruck. I think he has more power, but if Jan wants to make it a dirty fight and get in on the clinch and use, dude, that's going to be like, if, if, if Adesanya is really 195 and uh, Jan is 225, he's going to have a 20 pound uh, or 30 pound weight advantage on him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, do, do you know which octagon they're in? If it's the small, they're in a small, in a small one. Mm. Which, when I heard that too, that's what started making me go, "Oh man!" Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I hadn't thought about that. So, me and Toby, we did a review. I don't know if you saw it or not, but we did a. Did you see the review we did with this fight? No. <clears throat> well, you're obviously not much of a brother. Don't even support the things that I do. Well, um. Anyway, we yeah, we broke it down. That's one thing we didn't discuss because I just wasn't thinking about it at the time. But this different in, in the size of the cages, it's insane. And if you 
haven't had different experiences in different size rooms, you, you would have, you, it wouldn't even cross your mind. Like, but the size of the room that you're in or the wrestling room that you're in or the cage that you're in or the whatever room that you're in, just mm-hmm. a huge difference. Uh, not only for wrestling, but striking movement, everything. So, and that was kind of my thing. If, if he can get on the inside and pressure him and not let Adesanya strike from the outside, use his range and, and technique and speed on the outside, then he can do much better and have a better, you know, a better chance of, you know, grinding out a win or landing shots or whatnot. But if you're going to sit on the outside and let Adesanya move, use his footwork and just pick him apart, I, I'm not sure that I see a knockout, but um, I think he can pick it, get picked. Uh, Adesanya can pick him apart for a decision. Um, but then we also talked about, you know, how often Adesanya gets hit. Mm-hmm. And I don't think he can take those same hits from you. No. And yeah. So it's a smaller cage and Adesanya does on occasion go into the firefight and he does the thing where he will lean out of the way of a counter punch and then he throws that left hook. He did it. That's how he dropped uh, Whitaker. And then that's, he caught Costa with the same thing. What's that? He did it with Kelvin a lot as well, but Kelvin was able, even with his short reach, Kelvin was able to catch him a couple of times. And that's why he made the fight interesting because he's that thing where you miss it by just an inch. So now you've got a small cage. You've got a guy that's 30 pounds heavier and does have a knockout punch, has that Polish power. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's when I started. But I do that a lot with fights. I'm pretty confident in my pick originally. And then I hear the, you know, the hype machine. Yeah. uh, The promoters go out there and and make the fight more interesting. Yeah. Like I said, months ago when they, I don't know if it was months ago, but when they said that they were fighting, I was like, oh, that's Adesanya all day. And now leading up to the fight closer, I'm like, uh, I don't know. Yeah, that's exactly what I did. And then I kind of went back on it because I tricked myself so often. It's like, I'm just going to stick with Adesanya and say, yeah, that's my pick. But I'm definitely doubting it in my head just because I see so many situations where he could potentially lose. But if he comes out, picks him apart and wins, then I'll think, yeah, I don't know why I doubted him. It's like the... The hindsight. Yeah, I've I've been a hundred percent in how I think a fight's gonna go. And then I listen to the hype man online, and then I go into the fight being like, oh man, you know, this is gonna be close. And then the fight happens exactly how I originally thought, and you're like, Oh, I knew it, but no, I didn't know it. Uh are you going to you know how you know when you knew it? When you put money on it, and then you win the money. Well, if Washington wasn't so lame, oh, yeah, actually, this is me off. I would have, uh, I would have lost a lot of money on uh, Chael Sonnen versus Anderson Silva because I would have put my entire mortgage that Chael Sonnen was going to win that fight, and nobody what else. Thought. You would have been in that What's last that? round. Just imagine how. Imagine you're about to just win so much money. I don't know what the odds were for that fight. I don't remember, but it's like I, I put a thousand on Gaethje to beat Khabib and I can't imagine, you know, I was like for a thousand, I was going to win like, oh wait, what was it? I can't remember now, but depending on which, which one I did, I did a couple different ones, but 
there was one to win like 50,000. There's one to win 20,000 and one to win 10,000. I can't remember which ones I ended up doing, but anyway, I put a thousand on it and if he had dominated five rounds and then in the very last minute of the last round, like yeah. I imagine the fury that would rage through my body. Uh, yeah, that whole fight, I was also talking smack saying, I told you so, I told you so. And then God. Thought in that triangle. Oh, but uh, I would have thanked Anderson later because I would have done the same thing. I would have put my entire mortgage on Chris Weidman beating Anderson Silva. And that did happen. So everything I lost in the Chael Sun fight, I could have got back in the Chris Weidman fight. Yeah, but Washington's really stupid. It's super annoying. Yeah, and ban been banned from any betting sites because they. So, are you going to put money on uh, Megan Anderson then? <laughs> I don't know what the odds are, but I'm imagine she's like a, a plus. Who knows what? A yeah, big plus. But no, I'm not going to put any money on her. I put money on things that I think are actually going to happen, even though I'm usually wrong. But yeah, it's pretty annoying. So. By you not putting money on it, I'm guessing you're saying that uh, the Lioness is going to win that fight. Yeah, I think a Nunes is going to um, probably dominate her. Wait, sorry, one second, one second. I'll cut this. Timestamp it. Hey, Casey. Did you timestamp that? No. Sorry. Yeah, I've completely lost track. I'm not. Anyway. Uh, no, I think Amanda Nunes is probably going to win that fight without a whole lot of trouble, but the I... only thing that's different about this fight is, uh, Megan Anderson is, dude, she's six foot tall. She's, she's a real, um, 145 pounder. Yeah. But... Some of the girls that she's fought at 45 aren't 45 pounders. I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm playing devil's advocate. Amanda Nunez is going to win that fight, but that's the only thing that I can say if I was a promoter that could make it any different. Yeah. I, I just, I, with Amanda's ground game mixed in with that. So like if she's having any trouble, like having, you know, trouble yeah. connecting, getting it inside, I think she just takes her down and dominates her on the ground. But, um, Quickly, before I go into the last one I wanted to say, which was um, um, Peter Jan and uh, Aljamain, mm -hmm. is 
there's only a handful of girls in the UFC that when you watch them punch, it's indistinguishable from a male fighter. That sounds so sexist. Yeah, but it's true. <laughs> you've got um, Shevchenko. Mm-hmm. You've got Nunez. You've got... Um, who's the boogie woman? Um, Joanna. Joanna. Trying to think of another one. Oh, uh, the one Joanna fought. The uh, Is she Chinese? Um, oh. Yeah. Uh, and then, the... Uh... Zhang Wei Li. Yes. And then uh, Andraj also throws with stuff. When, when I watch girls punch, um, if it looks like something that if they hit me once, I would quit. That, that's, how, that, that's what my gauge is. And all five of those girls, if they hit me one time, uh, I'd quit. Well, you're also a quitter. So that makes sense. Okay. Well, I would absorb the punch and then I would like <laughs> fly back with probably like some sort of roundhouse spinning back heel kick no they'd hit you and you'd say i'm bleeding that's what makes me the victor (laughs) (laughs) i'm bleeding making me the victor (laughs) (laughs) we taught him everything in the the opposite (laughs) as a joke (laughs) i am bleeding making me the victor (laughs) so who do you got out of uh Jan and uh, Sterling. Uh, I don't know. You know, with these two, I don't know a ton about uh, a ton about either of them. I haven't watched them fight a whole lot, um, but I think I would go with Jan. Okay, I'm going to go with Sterling. Why? Um, I think he's on fire. I think his win streak is more impressive. The two, the notable last wins that Jan has are against uh, Uriah Faber and Jose Aldo. It's not the same. Well, Jose Aldo wasn't looking as good. He's kind of made a resurgence and is looking better. Um, But at the time when he beat him, he was on a decline. Same with Uriah Faber is way past his prime. Um, And the way uh, Aljamain looked against uh, Cody Sanhagen. Mm. Um, And I like... um, Aljamain Sterling more, so I'm biased. So who, uh, I'm, his, his other recent fights, I don't have it here. Do you uh, he beat, uh, I believe he beat um, Jimmy Rivera was one of his last ones. Pedro Munoz, Cody, uh, Sanhagen. I could pull it up on Sharedog. And, I mean, I could pull it up too. I've got two computers here, but I was just wondering if you know. Yeah, you're asking me. Yeah. I, I told you I have the mind of a goldfish. but i know they were notable wins like his last three were all big wins unless i'm completely screwed up i gonna have mother just google it real quick it takes two seconds stupid (laughs) this is good quality entertainment I can sing in the background while you're uh, <laughs> pulling it up. And I, I, I. Oh, shoot. That is. Why is your intro music playing? Entertainment. 
which is the fourth time because we tried to start this podcast three times before we got into this one. Okay, so uh, Sterling's record, he's on a one, two, three, four, five, five, five streak. Uh, Corey Sandahagen, Pedro Munoz, Jimmy Rivera, Cody Stamen, uh, and and so the one I don't know is his first uh, fight out of the win streak. Yes. You know who? No. Fight night. Barboza versus Lee. Uh, he, right after he lost to Marlon Marias. 2018. It's not a it's not a big it's not a big name. I know that. Yeah, I'll give you a thousand bucks if you say in the name. Well, if I had prepared this, I would have it on my phone right now and I'd get a thousand bucks. How about you just tell me who it is? Uh, Brett Johns. Yeah, wouldn't have got that in a million years. <laughs> That's why I offered you money. Brett Johns, 17 and 2 record. His last fight was 2020. He beat Montel Jackson, similar to Montel Williams, maybe. <laughs> Do you know Montel? I don't, I, don't, I don't know Montel Jackson. Yeah, me neither. I know Montel Williams, the talk show host. Tony Bravely, he lost to Pedro Munoz and lost to Aljermaine Sterling. Then he beat a bunch of guys that you... Well, and here's the thing. The Marlon Marais loss, if you look, if you watch that, I'm not going to say... You can't call anything in a fight a fluke because it happened. But the way that that knee connected when he was going to throw a kick, um, I feel like if that fight was a half a second off uh Aljamain would have won that fight because Aljamain's cardio and his grappling and I'm sorry but Marlon Marais breaks so mm-hmm. I think he would have won that fight yeah uh maybe but he doesn't have a whole lot of oh whoops I'm on Brett John's thing still here <laughs> the guy we don't know yeah. Let's do a podcast on Brett Johns. <laughs> you know, if he listens to this, he's going to have his feelings hurt. Why don't you be more sensitive? Sorry, Brett. Yeah. Sorry, Brett. <laughs> okay. Sorry, I don't know you. Corey Sandhagen, Pedro Munoz, Jimmy Rivera, all good wins. Cody Stamen's a good win, too. So yeah. those four wins are pretty solid. They're pretty impressive. Uh, Look at look at Peter Jans. They're not as impressive. So I have to do more searches here. I'm just saying. I'm just trying to validate my point. Why Aljamain's going to win that fight? And Aljamain should have had a title fight uh, a while ago. He's been sidelined. Um, he probably should have had it even before he choked out. Um, uh, you know, his last fight. Uh, Sanhagen. Well, he's on a ten-fight win streak. Yeah, look at the look at the names. Yeah, okay. I'm looking. I've got eyes <laughs> going through. On a, so he's been beat by wrestlers before. Last four: John Dodson, Jimmy Rivera, Uriah Faber, and Aldo are all solid wins. I get what you're saying about 
your I favor. I don't agree with your Jose Aldo analysis. Aldo, I don't ever feel like he really took a dip. He's fighting very good competition and he's always competitive. Um, Faber, yeah, maybe so, but. Would you put Dodson in the same category as the San Hagans, the Riveras, the Munozes? I wouldn't put him in that, even on the same. No, but not far off. I think he he offers different challenges. Uh, Speed. But, yeah, not quite the same level. I would put him a, a little bit below them, but he's still not a bad loss. Or no. not a- well, of course not. It's not like he beat up me. Yeah, he's a, John Dodson's a good fighter, but he's just not at the level of those three that uh, so Aljamain beat. He beat Rivera from decision, which I'm about to do some MMA math, which is not great. But... <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sterling also beat Jimmy Rivera unanimous, unanimous decision well this isn't MMA math but Peter Yan has been controlled on the ground by grapplers and beaten that way and Aljamain is pretty dang good well not much because he's only lost two oh wait shoot They're Petre Yan and stop saying Peter it's Petre by the way it's Petter. It's basically what I said. He's, you said he's been taken down and beaten by opponents on the ground. He's been he's lost one fight. What well, was that fight in Bellator? Uh, Battle of the Lions, ACB. No, I thought he was beat against Magomed Magomedov, which is clearly a grappler, just given <laughs> by the name. By. <laughs> Decision, split decision. All right. But well, it should it should be noted too. I heard that Jan uh, completely changed his uh, camp up uh, for a grapple heavy defense. So I don't know. Maybe he'll be. I don't know. Maybe he'll be prepared for it. But hmm. well, I would hope he's prepared. I don't think with one fight camp though he's going to get to a sterling uh, level of grappling. Well, I guess we'll see, won't we? You want to put money on it? I'll do that. Yeah. How much? Are we going to make it friendly or are we going to get vicious? You tell me. Are you confident? Yeah, I'm confident. How much? Well, I don't know. I imagine you're fairly poor, so I don't want to <laughs> I want to make sure that you can still afford Does that poor man have a goblet like this? <laughs> yeah, when you steal it from your brother's house. <laughs> I didn't steal anything. I want to make sure that you've got enough for lunch and everything you need. Well, thanks. All right. Well, I guess we'll get into the amounts later. Um, yeah, we can text the amounts. It's nobody's business. Okay. It's like a penny. Or <laughs> <laughs> do. But it's a lucky penny. <laughs> uh, okay. So you have. Algermain. Algermain. Nunez. And Adesanya. Yep. And I have Adesanya, Amanda. Yeah. Yeah. My memory is slowly disappearing. I can barely remember what we just talked about. <laughs> can I have a request? I know our I know our first three podcasts we tried to do before this calf kick podcast. Uh, 
most of it can't be aired, but can you please leave the foundation with hippos in? I, that was money, dude. It was, but I don't know how to leave that in and not insult large groups of people. So I'll have to try to listen to it and see if I can cut out a couple right. sentences or not. Well, actually, now that I'm saying it, if you're going to post it, let me hear it first so I can say whether you should or shouldn't. <laughs> yeah, but I've got some good necklace content. Got some other uh, good stuff. If, you, if you're going to treat me like a fool for your own benefit on your podcast, then, uh, then yeah, I'm never coming on here again. It was funny. All right, we'll see. Um, oh, last thing, Cruiser Casey. Um, I'm going to go with my man that doesn't have ring rust, Cruz. Mm. Me too. Decision or knockout? Honestly, if I had known we were going to do this podcast more, I would have done more research on all the fighters. And I can't off the top of my head think about the fights that Casey's had. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't really, I don't. I don't want to give a prediction on that one. I mean, I guess I just could. Cruz will uh, get a TKO. TKO. Mm. Okay. I went Cruz decision. But... I think he's he's going to come in with something to prove because it's his first time on the prelims. Um, and uh, he doesn't have ring rest, and he'll get the finish. Well, did you know that Casey's a multiple-time state champion wrestler and a nine-time judo USA judo champion. And Did you know that Cruz has excellent footwork and mixes yeah, up uh, grappling and striking like no other. Yeah, I get it. But I'm just saying mixing up grappling against a guy with that skill level of grappling is going to, it's definitely a challenge, especially for a guy like Cruz taking a fight with a guy that has a, such a small name on an undercard as the so how, prelim. How's his striking? It's good. It's really technical. Much, I, I would say traditionally much more technical than, than Cruz, but Cruz has that unorthodox thing that you just can't prepare for super well. So we'll see. But his striking is really crisp, I think. He's got really good counters and head movement, I think. This is my bias again. I have a hard time picking against the vets when young kids come and beat them. It always feels icky to me. I, I hate seeing it. So I'm going Cruz. Hmm. all right well anything right. else captain you want to share your social media or how do people get a hold of you down at the dam <laughs> <laughs> drive out in the desert priest rapids dam i'm there uh more than i'm not and uh you can't come on site because of covid so uh You're yeah washington safe keeping the power on keeping the power on yep pushing Thousand. the buttons. <laughs> yeah, thousand megawatts at a time. Just making sure that we got heaters here. And is yeah. there a way that you can hook up a little a little wire to the gate or something and just run a string from there to a property and get free power? Is that how it works? Any any chance of free power? Yeah. Well, I'm already doing that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. uh, <laughs> I've got uh I hooked about um 370 extension cords together from that dam to my house <laughs> and uh i run uh i run our microwave off of it so that's free cooked food 
Does it cook any like faster than a normal microwave? Like, no, it's it's actually slower, um, but it's free. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would argue that, or some people might argue. I wouldn't because I know better. But some people might argue that those three hundred extension cords <laughs> cost more than going to Walmart and buying a twenty dollars microwave. What would you say to some stupid idiot that says that? I would say, don't be an ignorant fool and buy your extension cords, steal them like I did. <laughs> and then you're, it's nothing but gains. I'm assuming you stole the extension cords from the dam as well as. Yes. Yeah. Yes. From my employer. <laughs> okay, cool. Somebody might argue though, that um, for what I make for a wage, it wasn't worth the 12 hours that it took to hook the extension cords <laughs> up. Nor the consequences of your employer hearing this. I'll lose my job. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) The good news is is I don't think there's ever been 300 plus extension cords in the dam. So I would hope that they would know. uh, (laughs) And and when they drive out of the dam and they don't see a string of extension cords going down the road, that uh, I should be okay. Well, way to ruin the bit. Okay. Well, any last words then? No, you suck. Your podcast is uh, a joke. You uh, you brought on a special guest before this podcast that I didn't appreciate because I despised the person and um, you ambushed me and belittled me. And uh, it's been a really good time. All right. Well, with that, and for anyone that doesn't know what he's talking about, it may not be published because of the content is not... <laughs> Uh, not not suitable for the public, so it might not be twenty twenty one worthy. Yeah, probably not. Twenty eighteen, we would have been fine. Probably. All right. All right. Well, peace out, sir. This has been systemically distorted communication, and until next time, enjoy. Beep boop boop. <laughs> <laughs>